you want to give love to the city, that's a fact. But you're going to need help if you want to make an impact. Well endowed, you want to be well endowed with the Edmonton community. Things really happen when you find that you're well endowed. Hi everyone, welcome to the Well Endowed Podcast. I'm Andrew Paul. And I'm Lisa Pruden. This podcast is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation. And we are a proud affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Edmonton is full of generous donors who have created endowment funds at ECF. These funds are carefully stewarded to generate money that supports charities in Edmonton and beyond. On this podcast, we share stories about how these funds help strengthen our community, because it's good to be well-endowed. On this episode, we learn about windmill microlending. Windmill microlending is a very cool charity that provides microloans to help immigrants and refugees continue their careers in Canada. When newcomers arrive in Canada, they are often not able to find work in their careers right away. There are licensing needs, training, further education, and even job searching. Anyone who's experienced unemployment knows that finding a job, even after you have all your training and education in place, can be a long, daunting, and expensive process. Boy, can it. Friends, we're keeping our hosting brief because this organization and the impact they have, not just for individuals accessing their loans, but for the community as a whole, is really cool. Our correspondent, Emily Rendell Watson, brings us this story. We've all met someone who's working outside of their field, perhaps a cab or Uber driver that's a trained doctor, engineer, or physio in another country. Windmill microlending exists to help those folks get the funds they need to be able to reaccredit and get back into their field. And it's one of the fantastic organizations that Edmonton Community Foundation supports. ECF is one of the guarantors of the charity's loan, which helps to ensure that they can continue serving newcomers in Canada. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Sarah Stewie, the Associate Director of Philanthropy at Windmill Microlending, where she works with donors and impact investors. I started out by asking her to tell us more about the organization and what they do. We provide loans of up to $15,000 to folks all across Canada. And alongside the loan, we also provide wraparound client success and mentorship supports to ensure that once a newcomer has achieved their relicensing, they're able to successfully continue their career in Canada. We've been around for about 15 years and we're really proud of the impact that we make on our clients' lives. On average, our clients triple their income by the time they repay their windmill loan and our repayment rate is over 97%. Okay, so what kinds of challenges do refugees and immigrants face in terms of coming to Canada and so what are some of those barriers? Yeah, it's a great question. It's so difficult for folks when they come to Canada because before you arrive in Canada, a newcomer who is highly skilled gets to Canada on the basis of their skills. So I think a lot of newcomers, when they come to Canada, they just don't expect the barriers to be as significant as they are. They might expect to come and have to do, you know, some kind of retraining, but lots of folks will just come and start applying for jobs and realize that the only thing they can do 
is, you know, get a job as a, you know, as a security guard or as an Uber driver, because the, you know, regulatory path to become a physician or a nurse in Canada is just so long and so expensive. And because when folks arrive here, they are probably ending up in survival jobs that earn significantly less than what they were making in their home country, these savings that they have and that they've brought from their home country don't go as far as they expect. So they're in this really difficult position where they're not earning enough money to uh, even be able to consider taking a course in order to relicense. So they're just really stuck in this cycle of poverty and they aren't able to aren't able to get out of that while being incredibly frustrated that they're not able to use the skills that they've, you know, probably worked, you know, most of their adult life practicing. So, you know, for example, you know, just one story, we had a, a doctor who, who came from Nigeria. He was sort of, you know, a, a lead family doctor in Nigeria. He was, would have been a sort of middle to upper class professional there. And he comes to Canada and he's working as a security guard. So he went to the bank and he tried to get a secured credit card for $500 and he was declined. And one thing that we hear from a lot of our clients, we recently did a survey and they said that 70% of them wish that they had learned about windmill microlending sooner. And that's really one of the other barriers that newcomers face when they arrive in Canada is they arrive here and the government doesn't say, hey, just so you know, there's this organization that exists that could help you get back into your career if that's what you're looking to do. Um, so we are working with the government to try to create some of those referral pathways. But really, I think a big challenge that newcomers face is, you know, those next steps of what do I do now? I'm in a job, I'm only making, you know, 20 or $25,000 a year. On average, our clients are making only $15,000 when they apply for a windmill loan and 40% of them are unemployed. And these are folks who are, you know, physiotherapists, nurses, doctors, IT professionals in their home country. I did want to ask you that in terms of how you actually reach people so they know this is an option for them. But that's good to hear that that you're doing some work with the government. But otherwise, how have you relied on getting the word out? Yeah, so we work directly with uh, settlement agencies who serve newcomers. So we ensure that they know that windmill loans are available to them. We have an outreach team and that's basically their mandate is to, you know, go out and uh, connect with newcomer serving organizations. We also connect directly with, um, you know, colleges and bridging programs that provide programs for newcomers because they will often have, you know, a, a newcomer who may apply for a program and then may not be able to pay for the program because they don't have the finances available so they can refer them back to Windmill. We've also been working directly with some of the banks on some referral partnerships. So we've been working with uh, Scotiabank to try to figure out ways that Scotiabank clients who are newcomers who may not qualify for a Scotiabank loan could um, be told about a windmill loan, and then they could actually go back to Scotiabank, remain a Scotiabank client, and become a better Scotiabank client because now they've built their credit rating and they've also received you know, training and education that's going to ultimately result in then tripling their income, which would you know mean that they would be uh, down the road able to access uh, potentially bigger credit products like, for example, a mortgage or a car loan. Okay. Now, how is Windmill able to offer these microloans? 
our biggest source of capital currently is through an impact investment through our community bond. So folks are able to lend money to uh, windmill micro lending in one, three and five year terms. And we will pay a impact adjusted rate of return on that investment. And then that capital is what goes into the hands of newcomers and is spread all across the country and helps folks to um, achieve career success. We are a registered charity, so we also raise um, the loan capital that goes out to people through donations as well. So if people make a donation towards our loan capital fund, they'll get a tax receipt. What sort of was behind all of that is we have a line of credit that is guaranteed with the Royal Bank of Canada, which is how we were able to fund those loans when we started in 2005. And we still have that line of credit that is guaranteed with the Royal Bank of Canada, which we are able to to access if we use all of our community bond investments and our donated loan capital. We will ensure that we have funds that we're able to, to lend out to folks through that line of credit. So there's really three different ways that we're able to lend out funds to newcomers. Now, in terms of the history of Windmill, that um, has some strong roots, where did it actually all get started? So Windmill was started by a woman named Dr. Maria Erickson. She was a psychologist. She was working late in the hospital, as so many of us do. And she was speaking to the cleaning staff. And she realized that the cleaning staff were all internationally trained healthcare professionals. And she said to them, you shouldn't be emptying my trash. You should be working in this hospital and putting your skills to use. And what they told her was that they didn't have the funds because of the low wages that they were earning to go back to school and reaccredit and continue to feed their families and do everything that they needed to do in order to survive. So Dr. Erickson, unlike so many of us, actually went back and said, I'm going to do something about this. And within her network, she had uh, a number of women who had actually founded immigrant serving organizations in Calgary before and who were immigrants themselves. So this group of women, this diverse group of women got together and made the first five loans to folks at the hospital of $5,000 each. Those five loans went out were paid back. They were able to get back into their careers as healthcare professionals. And these women sort of looked at each other and said, we've really got something here. And so they connected with some local business leaders in Alberta. And that's how Immigrant Access Fund, which is what Windmill Microlending was known at the time, was born. And that's where the um, line of credit and the guarantee existed. So a bunch of business leaders in Alberta guaranteed the line of credit with the Royal Bank. And then there was sort of a little bit of operating funding to fund the organization. And that's how Windmill started making sort of tens and dozens of loans per year. And I imagine it, the organization has seen a ton of impact since then. In terms of what you've witnessed and your colleagues have witnessed, how does this type of social impact investment really support communities across Canada for generations? Yeah, and I think it's it's especially interesting when you think about newcomers, because I think that there tends to be this idea of like a lost generation when a family comes to Canada, like the idea that those first generation immigrants, they, you know, do the survival jobs, and then it's their kids that will sort of go on to economic success in Canada. And we just don't think that's good enough. We don't want to see those skills, those folks skills wasted and languishing uh, while they're, you know, driving 
an Uber or, you know, working as a security guard if they want to get back into their careers. So um, a windmill loan empowers people to be able to, you know, like feed their families, lift themselves out of poverty. But what it also does is it solves labor market shortages. We have a healthcare crisis in Canada and half of our clients are working towards learning plans where they will um, become healthcare professionals. So if you think about all of those healthcare professionals who, who would potentially not be able to get back into their fields without a windmill loan, it also helps to drive uh, Canada's economic growth. Most experts, pretty much all experts agree that Canada's economic growth and uh, stability depends solely on immigration rate because we have an aging population and declining fertility rate. So newcomers are absolutely critical to the country's economic development and growth. So in terms of Edmonton in particular, what has windmills impact looked like here in terms of who you've been able to help? Yeah, so we're really proud to share that um, since inception, since 2005, we've served over a thousand newcomers in Edmonton with loans. We currently have a portfolio of about 230 active clients in Edmonton. And just to give you a sense of you know who those folks are, about 53 of those people are working to reaccredit as physicians. And um, about 21 are working to reaccredit as um, as nurses. About half of them are women, so slightly more in Edmonton. 50% are women, and 48% are men. Which is actually interesting because if you look at our national portfolio, it's usually skewed the other way. So really wonderful to see that representation of women in um, Edmonton who are applying for and securing loans. And the biggest country of origin uh, for folks in Edmonton is. Nigeria. I'd like to introduce you to one of the people who has received a microloan in Edmonton, Jay Babu. He's a physiotherapist who came to Canada through the Federal Skilled Worker Immigration Program. Now he's the co-owner of Turning Point Physical Therapy. Here's his story. I started out in India as a physio in the year 2004 more uh, manual kind of therapies and also working with sports population. There for almost like eight years before I migrated out to Canada. I landed here, I think, 2013, the end of the year. And then uh, from then on, um, started doing, pursuing my uh, licensing opportunities. What happened when you came to Canada? Like, what was that process like in terms of being able to get to where you are now, um, working and co-owning your own practice? It was a little bit of a um, struggle, yes, but I had help all along, like most of these time, um, mainly from my other colleagues, my friends, and uh, of course from the financial part was more by windmill. When we did the skill worker program, like um, we are not aware that it's such a big arduous process, right? So when you come in here and then you come to know that this process was a little bit different than what you uh, think it would have been uh, it's a kind of a shock to go over with and then add on, add on to the fact that being in a different country and starting from the scratch it, it, it adds a lot of stress for for you to see how you're going to support yourself your family and still uh, make sure that you are moving towards your goal I think my first job in Canada was like a uh, supervisor in a KFC uh, chicken shop that was obviously not kind of enough to support my family as well. So I had to like do another one. So I went on as a part-timer in the Staples. Uh, I was working as a technology consultant there. Mm, so those are the two jobs that I did. I was applying 
to try to see whether I can get something in relevancy to uh, physiotherapy profession. I didn't get in directly. I did get work as a disability support worker that kind of like uh, halfway through here and there but using those credentials i was able to get a therapy assistant job edmonton general this whole process took me almost like two two to three years once i landed in the therapy assistant job was when i thought okay now maybe this is the right time for me to go ahead and uh, start the process because financially a little bit better plus i don't have to put in a really long hours to kind of sustain myself. Uh, I can just do a regular uh, amount of hours per week and then still have time to put through for learning, for preparation for the examination. I did ask around, but uh, the banks and other people, when I spoke about the um, financial help, was like a little, little bit higher on the interest rate. So I was not willing to take something of a big risk that, that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was usually like I, I'll take my kids to the Edmonton Public Library. So that's where I saw the poster that said like um, there's a loan program for immigrants who landed recently to kind of pursue and try to get back into their own profession. So that was kind of a start. So I applied at that time seeing that poster uh, and then um, they helped me with um, the initial cost, uh, the additional courses that I need to bridge up uh, and also for the licensing examination. So that um, the preparation and other stuff did take some time. Um, took me like close to two and a half years to go through the whole process, uh, get my license and then start to practice as a uh, independent physio. How much longer would it have taken you if you hadn't been able to access that support? Well, in, in, in terms of accessing that support, there are two things like um, a huge financial stress that was already on my mind was taken off. That's the first one. Uh, the next one was um, the amount of savings that I had to kind of um, apply for the licensing was not enough. So the micro lending actually bridged the whole uh, major part of what I could not have like covered in case, let's say I didn't go there and then um, I was just trying to save myself up. I would say it like almost six, seven years later, I would still be doing the same thing I did as a therapy assistant and then just be about at that point where I can start thinking about going for licensing. And how long have you had your own clinic now in uh, West Edmonton? Close to three to four years now. And you're, I assume, just continuing to get more clients and grow and uh, happy to be to be working as a physio now that you're able to transfer those skills over. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I mean that that's one that we work for 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 the whole years, right? So uh, achieving that and then um, having the ability to have your own clinic, it's like a double positive. Like you work on your own terms and you're able to kind of see that you are putting your skill to uh, full work, uh, achieving the satisfaction. And then, yeah, like it, it, it feels like pretty good that you are able to come here and do all these things uh, with the help that you get. Now, Jay also told me that he hopes to see Canada's skilled worker immigration program provide more information upfront to folks about the different requirements between countries and the process, as well as time and financial commitment. Again, that was Jay Babu. He's the co-owner of Turning Point Physical Therapy and was able to access a microloan from Windmill to help him get where he is now. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Windmill Microlending or investing in its community bond, here's Sarah Stewie again. 
what they would need to do is they can uh, reach out to me directly, check out, uh, take a look at Windmill's website, maybe have a look uh, at our most recent impact report, take a look and see if you like what you see on there. We are a very sort of easy, low barrier um, impact investment because we are a not-for-profit. We don't require our investors to be accredited. Um, Our community bond has a stated minimum investment of $250,000. We have one, three, and uh, five-year terms, and we accept investments at the beginning of every month. In terms of Windmill and how it will continue to grow and support immigrants and refugees in Canada, do you have plans to, in terms of providing even more microloans and targets you're hoping to reach there? Yeah, so our hope is that in the next five years, we want to see windmill scale to be serving 4,000 newcomers uh, per year. Um, When our CEO, uh, Claudia Hepburn, took over windmill in 2017, we were making about 450 loans per year. Last year, we had our biggest year ever. We served almost 1,100 newcomers, which we were really proud of, um, especially given all of the disruptions that we continued to see with COVID, which had a pretty significant impact on a lot of our clients, particularly in the healthcare field. A lot of exams and courses were just completely canceled pretty much for the entire duration of of COVID-19. So yeah, our goal is to serve absolutely every newcomer who uh, comes to our doors and who who needs our service. Um, When Dr. Maria Erickson, our founder, was asked how many newcomers she wants to serve, she said all of them. If you're interested in getting in touch with Sarah at Windmill Microlending, she's at sarah at teamwindmill.org. And the website is windmillmicrolending.org. And as always, you can visit ecfoundation.org or subscribe to the Well Endowed podcast, which you're listening to right now, to read or hear about the people and organizations that ECF supports. Thanks so much to Emily Rendell Watson for showing us the fantastic work happening through Windmill Microlending. And thanks to Sarah Stewie, Associate Director of Philanthropy at Windmill Microlending, and Jay Babu, co-owner and physiotherapist at Turning Point Physical Therapy for sharing their time with us. If you'd like to find out more about this fantastic organization, we'll have the link to their website along with Sarah's contact info in our show notes. We'll also have links to ECF's well-endowed web show and the latest on our blog. And don't forget to check out our upcoming granting deadlines to see if you could be eligible for some of our funding opportunities. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for sharing your time with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with everyone you know. If you'd like to give us some extra love, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Sharing the show and leaving reviews are the best way to help new listeners find us. You can also connect with us on Facebook, where you can share your thoughts and see some pictures. Thanks again for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Andrew Paul. And Lisa Pruden. Until Until next time. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. And is an affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Lisa Pruden. You can visit our website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at BECF. Our theme music is by Octavo Productions. And as always, don't forget to visit Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Well endowed.